All right, welcome in, outsiders. Ryan Valleyder, host here, joined by Ben Mandel and Corey Jason. Dylan Mel not able to be with us tonight. So if you want his opinions on the latest goings on in the sports world, check out his podcast, Running Up the Score with Dylan Mel. But spring has sprung and plenty of movement here in the NFL. We covered a lot of the big moves, the big trades a week ago. Obviously, the Panthers moving up for the top spot in the draft. Jalen Ramsey, that trade came to fruition. A couple of big free agent signings. We went over all that. Let's call this now part two. We're a weekend free agency. It's kind of, it's not as much of a frenzy now. It's more the savvy additions. I always make fun of the Colts bargain bin. Chris Ballard did not reach into the bargain bin earlier today, Tuesday, March 21st, however, signing Isaiah McKenzie from the Buffalo Bills. Love that move. But it has sort of died down. The big news that we didn't get to last week, of course, was the Aaron Rodgers news. Now, no trade has officially been made yet, but he did come out on the Pat McAfee show and said he would like to be a New York Jet in 2023. So he said what we were all thinking, what we were all waiting for. Rodgers is not the holdup here. He decided against retirement. He wants to play. He'd like to go to the Jets. The Jets even brought in Alan Lazard to potentially catch passes from Aaron Rodgers, barring the trade falling out. But we don't predict that to happen, do we? Not at all. Um, you know, this is something that we have, we Corey and I especially have been seeing for months now on WFAN here in New York. They've, They've really been manifesting this Aaron Rodgers to the Jets talk. They've been talking about it forever. And I do not think that this is something that will necessarily fall through and not happen. And I believe they signed Lazard a couple of days before Rodgers said he was going to go to the Jets. That really felt like the tell, though. A familiar face coming in. The, there's no way the Jets sign Alan Lazard if they don't think Aaron Rodgers is coming. Yeah, as much as I kind of hate to say it, Rodgers is going to be in New York. Now, I'm not sure how we can determine what he's worth because the Packers could just sit tight. They could just not do anything. They don't need to trade him before this draft. They don't need to trade him until June. And if the Jets were smart, they don't make a trade until June either because why would they even consider trading the 13th pick in the draft? Rodgers isn't worth that. I can see them trading a pick, maybe like a third rounder that could escalate up to a first rounder if they win the Super Bowl with Rodgers. Because at that point, who cares? You won a Super Bowl, sure, I'll trade you the first round pick for the Super Bowl. So I think that's what it's going to be in a third rounder, second rounder with an escalator and with a late round pick tagged onto it. It's... It's a sad situation, and Rodgers really didn't help things out by calling out the Packers front office because I don't know about you guys, but I don't like it when somebody drags me in the mud and kind of blames me for all the issues. I don't want anybody to call me out. So the Packers GM is going to hold on as long as possible and really freeze everybody out, and maybe they revisit it with other teams. What's the worst thing that Rodgers does? retires and if he retires the Packers don't have to pay anybody they won't get any compensation but if they're not getting the compensation that they want to begin with do they really care I mean yes they do care 
but it's not the end of the world. And it's really just a big game of chicken that ultimately the Jets and Rodgers are going to win. Yeah, certainly. It's, it's, it's very similar to what we just saw over in the NHL with Patrick Kane and the Chicago Blackhawks and the New York Rangers. Patrick Kane had a no-movement clause at the deadline. The Blackhawks know he's a pending UFA. He's going to be a free agent after this season. Let's get something for him since we're one of the worst teams in the league anyway. Well, with the no-movement clause, they asked Patrick Kane, hey, where do you want to go? Not only does he only want to go to one team, he goes public about what that team is. And that's exactly what Aaron Rodgers does here by saying, I only want to go to the jets means the jets know, Hey, we don't really have to give up much. We know he's not going to play for you this year. Do you want something for him or not? And that's what it comes down to. I think it'll just be a bag of chips. It comes down to, can green Bay get the jets to pay the future hall of famer tax? Versus can the Jets get away with giving up the, hey, we're trading for a 39, 40-year-old veteran quarterback discount? I think of the Brett Favre. We talk about history repeating itself. The Jets gave up a fourth-round pick for Brett Favre that, depending on playing time, and if I believe it was, like Corey just said, if they win the Super Bowl, that it could move all the way up to a first-round pick. We saw things like that recently with – Ironically enough, both Carson Wentz trades from Philly to Indy and then from Indy to Washington. And even I talk about the veteran quarterback discount. Look at Matt Ryan, just kind of doing right by a guy. You know, you're not giving up that much. The Colts got him for just a third rounder. So the mock trade I have for you guys, and if you could take the place of Green Bay or the Jets, let me know on either side if you would make this deal or not. Green Bay gives up Aaron Rodgers. The Jets give up a second-round pick this year, a fourth-rounder next year, and they have, in the last two years, a couple of receivers demanding trades. Denzel Mims was drafted in 2020, and Elijah Moore drafted in 2021. Throw in either one of those guys. So a second this year, a fourth next year, and a young receiver to pair with Jordan Love because Green Bay, again, they just as soon as it seems like they, they solve that question of receiver by – hitting on Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs look pretty good. Now they lose Lazard. So what do you guys think of that trade? If I'm the Jets, I say absolutely not. I mean, the Jets are giving up one way too much for just Rodgers, and they don't, where everything stands right now, they don't have to do that. A second and a fourth, pushing it a little bit, I really don't think that uh, they need to do that. But adding in another receiver that they could actually get some value for, whether it be a sixth, seventh rounder. I think that they need to uh, just hold tight and just give the Packers, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to give you a third rounder, and that's because we're being nice, and that'll be for next year, not even this year. Or we'll give you a third rounder with escalators. But I don't think a second rounder this year is worth it. And I don't think any deal gets done before this draft to begin with. So I think if I'm the Jets, I say no. And if I'm the Packers, maybe I say no too, because right now they want multiple first rounders. So that's not something I see them taking them up on. Yeah. Again, I say no. I think the Jets realize that they have the leverage here. 
Well, yeah, maybe you do end up giving a little bit because you are going to have to compromise and give Green Bay something if they're just not going to give them to you for nothing. But I think it's also important to realize he's a 39-year-old quarterback. How much better is he really going to go make your roster? I also understand that at this point, you've put all your eggs in that basket. The QB market is no longer really wide open. I mean, maybe you go give up a couple first-round picks and get Lamar, but... Even then, it's one of those things that doesn't necessarily feel like a great position for the Packers. I think they're handcuffed in terms of what can they really do? Do they just force Rodgers to retire? Or, you know, do they try to maybe get something back? And whether or not that's a mid-round pick, a second-round pick, if they're able to pry maybe one receiver away or maybe some defensive player away from the Jets. They try to get that done, but I definitely don't think the Jets give up any first-round pick, and I definitely don't think that they give up even uh, one of those wide receivers as well as a second-rounder right now because the price, it just doesn't feel like it needs to be that high for the Jets, especially because they're still going to have to pay Aaron Rodgers a bit of money here. Big game of chicken going on between Green Bay and Gangrene in New York. Food for thought here, the Brett Favre trade back in 2008, that took place in August. So Corey might be on to something. It might be a while until any Aaron Rodgers trade officially goes through. And Ben, you mentioned Lamar Jackson. Just to mention, nothing has really changed on that front. We've heard a bunch of teams reportedly being out on Lamar. Two teams I saw a report earlier this morning. I forget exactly from where. Not that they're still in for Lamar, but they haven't said that they're out is the Patriots and ironically the Colts. So we'll keep just watching that situation. Maybe some news breaks sooner rather than later. But again, Corey might be right. Lamar might just end up in Baltimore for another year. Let's jump over to the NFC East. This is a division that Dylan actually mentioned on the, the latest episode of Running Up the Score podcast. Uh, from this week, he thinks this could be the division for the first time since adding the seventh seed that all four teams could make the playoffs. He thinks that could happen in 2023, and it almost happened in 2022. Washington was the only team not to make it. They just missed out in the, uh, I believe it was week 17, the penultimate week of the regular season until they were eliminated. The Eagles have lost a lot of talent from coaches to starters to role guys, depth guys. Dallas adds Brandon Cooks to Fun Gilmore, but they cut ties with Ezekiel Elliott. The Giants had a couple of great players, Darren Waller, Bobby Okereke, my guy. And the Washington Commanders, they look set to roll with Sam Howell as their starting quarterback. They got some offensive weapons, decent offensive line, and a really talented defense. So do you guys think that the corresponding moves here so far this offseason have the Giants, Cowboys, or the Commanders gained any ground on the Eagles division crown? I am going to go and say yes. I do think that those teams have gained ground. And part of it's just because the Eagles are not going to be returning the same roster. Now, it does feel kind of unfair to talk about the Eagles without our Outsider Sports resident Eagles fan and Dylan Mel on the show. So I did ask him to send his points over to me as to why the Eagles did not and are okay. So this is what Dylan Mel had to say. They still have the best offense in the NFC, and they do still look to be 
looking into adding more weapons. They still have Jalen Hurts. They still have a really good offensive line, and they still have some really talented wide receivers. This is a great group there. They kept Darius Slay and James Bradbury, as well as Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. They added key pieces and uh, as well, along with uh, Montez Sweat, or uh, Josh Sweat, rather, Hassan Reddick, Jordan Davis, and N'Kobe Dean. Some small additions in Greedy Williams and Morrow, and they apparently are looking into getting Bayard, who, Ryan, I know you are very familiar with the safety from Tennessee, and if that does happen, you, you can argue their defense is even better than last year's because Kenny Bayard is certainly better than C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Now, in terms of my opinion, I think the big thing is that the Giants will be better. I know Corey and I were a little worried that the Giants were going to take a step back uh, this next season because of uh, what their situation looked like in terms of the roster. But I think they filled it out nicely. And I think adding pieces like Darren Waller, Bobby Okereke, you know, Paris Campbell, a couple wide receivers, plus they haven't even had their draft yet. So, yeah, the Giants definitely look like they will be better. For the Cowboys' standpoint, they also added pieces, and I don't think their moves really make them worse. I think even just cutting Ezekiel Elliott makes them better. That's money they can use elsewhere eventually, and you know those are opportunities that Tony Pollard and other running backs that are able to run the ball still are going to get rather than just Zeke losing two yards on third and one. I'm going to have to agree with Dylan on this one. I don't think the Eagles lost really any ground. That's the short answer. The long answer is Washington is going with an unknown quarterback. We saw one game out of Sam Howell, but anybody not named Taylor Heineke has struggled in that offense. And losing Heineke to uh, Atlanta, I don't know how that's going to play out. I don't trust Washington to really make a push. They're returning a very similar team. They do have a very good defense and some talented offensive players, but I I just don't know if Riverboat Ron could get it done. The Giants, they did get better. They got Waller, but they need to prove that they can do it again. So I can't say that even with the improvements that the Giants gained any ground on Philly because we need to see if Jones can maintain or take another step. So without projecting Jones to do any better. I don't think the Giants gained any ground. That could change after the draft. We don't know how the draft will affect any of these. But as it stands now, I don't think the Giants really changed all too much. They did get better on the offense, but a lot hinges on their their franchise quarterback. Dallas, they lost Zeke, you said. Pollard's coming off a broken leg. They lost Schultz. They did add Gilmore and Cooks. Dallas maybe gained a little bit. If that, I I just think Philly did enough to hold off all the moves that Dallas did. Philly's still the team to beat, and I think there's a pretty sizable talent uh, gap between Philly and everybody else because what Philly had last year, what made that team special that no other team other than San Fran was able to replicate was Philly had depth at every position. Just look at their defensive line. You had Jordan Davis not even starting at that point. He was able to be a rotational piece to get in there, keeping everybody fresh. 
they were going to lose Slay or Bradbury, and they would have been fine. And they kept them. Plus, Philly owns two first-round picks this year, the number 10 pick and the number 30. You can't tell me that Philly is going to not utilize those picks to get better. A little counterintuitive to what I said about the Giants, but Philly's a team that you know is going to get better because they showed it time and time again with Howie Roseman. Joe Shane only had one year underneath him. So I think Philly is able to hold off this gap at least for another year of being the best team in the division. I think the draft is not as relevant for the Eagles because they don't really have a lot of open spots on the roster where the draft is going to directly impact. I think they can truly draft for draft the best players available rather than draft for need, which I think does put you in a better position than anyone else because you could take the best available players. But I don't necessarily think the draft this year will have a direct impact for Philly. So I think Definitely the draft will swing those other three teams more than Philadelphia, despite those two first-rounders. Agreed with you there, Ben. I think Philly is going to be able to add some reinforcements, and they already have a really strong army with those two first-round draft picks. Um, I think this is a case of a division where, obviously, it's well-documented that this is a division that hasn't had a repeat champion in 20-some years. Philly was the last team to do it to win this division two years in a row. So we'll see if they can successfully defend this division crown and this conference crown for that matter. But I think they definitely did not get worse. While I think Dallas probably stayed about the same, I think the Giants and the Commanders, we forget it, they bring in Eric Bieniemy. So we'll see if he can bring some of that Kansas City flavor to the Washington offense and maybe Sam Howell can succeed. I mean, you look at the immediate impact Jahan Dotson had. Chase Young missed much of the season last year with an injury. Maybe they add another impact rookie from the first round this year on either side of the ball. Definitely, I would not rule. I, I'm not going to say Washington is – could win this division next year but when we talk about maybe an entire division making the playoffs i could see washington definitely making that little uh jump into the seventh seed but let's go into our last segment here today we're only a week officially into the off season this new league year obviously since the super bowl ended but the early off season winners it's never too early to start looking at who we're going to project as making major leaps this coming season. Oftentimes it doesn't translate well. The money spent in spring does not guarantee wins in the fall or winter. But one team that's really impressed me thus far in the moves they made is Carolina. The Panthers just narrowly lost this division to the Bucks last year. This was not a great division. The Bucks got in the playoffs with an eight and nine record. Carolina game behind them at seven and 10. And they've did nothing but improve. You know, Steve Wilkes was great. I was a big proponent for him to maintain that head coaching job. But they go and get Frank Reich instead, which I, I have no ill will towards Frank Reich. Things just got stale in Indy. It was time to move on. So I get it. I, I think he's really going to succeed uh, in Carolina this year. He puts together a great staff. He poaches the Denver defensive coordinator uh, to be the same role there for him. They bring in guys like Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen, Hayden Hurst, Von Bell, and then they have this blockbuster trade up to go from ninth overall to first overall in the draft. Sure. They give up DJ Moore and some other draft picks, but now you ensure that you can get the quarterback you want, or we're approaching a lot of pro days now for these rookie quarterbacks. I know Stroud young, and I believe 
uh, Levis have their pro days this week. Anthony Richardson has his next week on the 30th. So their stocks may continue to rise, all of them. And the price they paid for first overall, they might be able to make that back and more if another team falls in love with one of these prospects and wants them on their team and they want to come up to the first spot. So Carolina making that trade early instead of on draft night makes a lot of sense. I know Corey said a week uh, last week, that's a great spot to be is you're in control there at the top spot. So Carolina having a great off season thus far, and we haven't even had that draft yet, but uh, Ben, let's throw it to you. What team and the moves they've made thus far have impressed you the most? I'm going to go with a team that might be a bit of a surprise here, and that's the Houston Texans. I really like the fact that they brought in D'Amico Ryans. More, It's more than just a football move. This is bringing back a guy who spent his career in Houston, was a fantastic player for this team, and now he's coming home to coach the team he played for. It really is just a great move. That alone is enough to get the fans to buy in. I mean, Corey... That would be the equivalent, and Ryan, that would be the equivalent for you. If Peyton Manning came in and just started coaching the team after years of just horribleness after Bill O'Brien. I really like, thought like, you were going to say that's like Jeff Saturday coming in. I was going to no. say, then don't even go there. No, no, no. It would be like if Peyton Manning came back, though. Because Peyton Man- like while Jeff Saturday did mean a lot to the organization, I think he had no business being there. And while Eli Manning and Peyton Manning, I don't think at this point, have any business coaching they're still guys that mean so much to their organizations. And D'Amico Ryans, while he may not be at their level, the Texans haven't had that big franchise quarterback. So they don't really have that guy to really compare and look to. So D'Amico Ryans is like that. So bringing him back is a great move. We all know how I feel about defensive head coaches. So the fact that I do like this move that much really shows that it is more than just an X's and O's thing. I also like some of the free agent signings. And I think getting rid of a guy like Brandon Cooks is a good move because it gets a guy who doesn't want to be there out of there. He clearly didn't want to be there. Get that guy out of there. Don't let it infect the young guys and the young talent you're trying to grow. Let those guys blossom with guys who want to be there and under a new coach who should motivate and inspire them in D'Amico Ryans. And that's why I really do like the Houston Texans offseason, and they're one of the winners for me. Corey, who's winning the offseason so far for you? I'm going to go the Detroit Lions with MCDC, Motor City Dan Campbell. The Lions, they're winning based on divisional subtraction. Aaron Rodgers is not going to be in that division terrorizing them anymore. He's gone. Poof. No more. Their biggest obstacles out of the way. Does anybody really believe that Kirk Cousins and the Vikings are going to be able to replicate last year and actually succeed in big games? No. And then you have the Bears. The Bears had the had the first overall pick. They made some big flashy free agent signings, but the Bears are a couple years away. The Lions have that division right for the taking for the first time in what seems to be forever. So year three under Dan Campbell, who's shown to be a fantastic coach, is going to get off great for them. They upgraded the running back position. They did lose Jamal Williams, who's a fan favorite. But David Montgomery from the Bears is a better overall back and will pair real nice with DeAndre Swift. They're going to have a healthy Jamison Williams coming back from that championship ACL tear a few years ago. 
he's going to be there ready for Jared Goff. Goff, at least an average quarterback at the very worst. He's somebody that you can get to the big game with. We saw the Rams do that with a pretty good team. Dan Campbell, he's going to, he might be able to replicate that. Jared Goff's not a quarterback that at least right now is going to hurt them. You also brought in CJGJ, CJ Gardner-Johnson from the Eagles. He's going to help shore up the uh, center field for them. He's going to be a good uh, safety. Also adding in in the uh, defensive backs room, you got Cam Sutton, Emmanuel Mosley, two guys really shore up opposite of Jeff Akuda. You got Aiden Hutchinson coming in for year two. Penai Sewell. You have some pieces there. If they're really able to put it together, Amon Ross St. Brown, he might still be underrated compared to everybody in the league because he's been on so many bad teams. But the Lions have a lot of sneaky pieces there that'll really make them a tough out next year. And I fully expect them to make the playoffs. And that's why I think they're winning the offseason because they're really flying in under the radar and they should be a, a real big playoff contender. And I think they're going to win that division. Yep. Lines, like we mentioned with the Eagles before, they also have two first round draft picks. So plenty of offseason intrigue still to come. We'll revisit this sort of discussion post draft to see if our answers change or remain the same, but Keep tuning in. All right. Follow us on Instagram at Outsider Sports Network, on Twitter at Outsider Sports 3. Look us up on TikTok, YouTube, and right here on Spotify, searching up Outsider Sports. And check out our website. Great content out there every week on OutsiderSports.net. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Outsider Sports Football Podcast. <laughs>